You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. From inside Highmark Stadium, I am Matt Perino, joined as always by Ryan Talbot on this special Thursday night edition of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast, and apologies for the delay. I know that when we first put this up, uh, I think we had like a nine o'clock start time or maybe even like an eight o'clock hour, um, but a lot has happened in the last 60 minutes. I was in, I was trying to uh, come under the gun and finish uh, the feature story off of Sean McDermott's press conference, Josh Allen today. Um, but obviously the NFL dropped the bomb uh, about the playoffs and that kind of diverted attention for a while. I was on the phone with my editor trying to work out all the different possibilities. I think Ryan, you talked to him too about yeah. all the different possibilities. So we're going to get in to that, but we're going to start where we need to start. And that's with DeMar Hamlin, Ryan Talbot, huge, huge news today. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable news. Uh, rem- you know, I think they use the term remarkable progress um just i think what every bills fan was hoping to hear in terms of continuing to trend in the right light obviously matt you had some uh, a great story up on the site today uh about hamlin waking up about the fact about the first question that he asked which i'll let you get into here uh the fact that he's squeezing hands i mean prayers answered god is good uh, everything that uh, Bill's players, I think, needed to see in here. I think it was something that even Bengals players, personnel, and maybe even people around the league, around the world, uh, needed to hear today. Yeah, T. Higgins had a, had a response to it. And I think, you know, for a guy that has taken some heat on social media, which is, yeah. to Josh Allen's point a little while ago, like completely ridiculous. Uh, it was a football play. He wasn't even the one that like laid the hit. Like he was, he he got hit. So I, right. I, I don't understand like the thought process there. I think Bart Scott was involved in one of the things or that maybe he should be targeted or something like that. I thought I read. Is that true? He said, uh, I can't remember if that was were his exact words, but he said something very foolish on the the morning sport. That's show. just it. Just foolish stuff. Like when something like this happens, like, like, first of all, like we shouldn't be on the attack. We should be on the, you know, providing support. And I get it. Like talk shows have to be like that, but man, we've just seen too much of it. Um, especially in a time like this, but let's stick on the positive. Um, I'm super tired. I got home at like two in the morning last night, went to bed at maybe like three, three fifteen. uh, woke up very early today and it's been down here, uh, ever since, uh, which is it's it's for great things. I mean, the 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 DeMar, the Demar Hamlin story from Monday night when his heart stopped in the middle of the field at Paycor Stadium to where things have progressed today is just unbelievable. The details that have now come out 
about all of the people that um, had some type of role in this unbelievable turnaround. And it's one of the things that Ryan, like you go back to the, the day and everything that's happening and it's this, it's, it happens so fast and like people had to react in this unbelievably quick way, even like trained professionals. And listen, everybody that was on the field there, there were University of Cincinnati Medical Center personnel, trauma uh, physicians on site working that game. So that was part of the team. But then you talk about the the Bills contingent, you know, Nate Bresky, mm-hmm. the head trainer, the assistant um, trainer, yeah. athletic trainer, Denny Kellington, who has become somewhat of a folk hero today. He was um, he was at Syracuse before uh, he came to the Bills, and he was the one that performed CPR on DeMar Hamlin. And we spoke to the doctors today on a conference call that have been overseeing the treatment for DeMar Hamlin all week, and they said point blank had that, that not been the case and DeMar Hamlin not received the, the, the treatment that he had on site, we might have a different outcome today because what happened was when, when that happens, you go into cardiac arrest, you lose your pulse at one point, left to get the circulation get back going as quickly as possible. And so the doctors were talking about, you know, applying bystander CPR immediately, getting the pulse back, which was so important, and then using the defibrillator to, um, you know, get that heart pumping again. And that's what they yeah. did. They did everything by the book, got him in the ambulance, got him over to the treatment center. And it's one of the best in the, in the country. And, and they uh, have made this unbelievable progress throughout the week. Yeah. And, you know, first and foremost, uh, well-deserved shout out to Denny Kellington. Um, after the news kind of broke, after his name came up in, in social media, you saw obviously current Bills players uh, giving him a lot of credit, a lot of praise, talking about how much they loved him. And you saw former Bills players, uh, Daryl Williams, I think, retweeted something you put out, Matt, a former offensive lineman for the Bills, uh, about how much he loved Denny and and. Uh, Zach Moss had something on Instagram. So this is a trainer that knows his stuff. And, you know, in in the heat of the moment, he he rose to the occasion. He did exactly what needed to be done on the field. And, you know, again, uh, the fact that the the medical doctors that you see decided to specifically shout him out, it was very well deserved. Um, you know, what's been well-deserved this week is just the uh, celebration of the job that Sean McDermott and Zach Teller Mm -hmm did on the night. We've learned so much more in the past 24 hours about what went into, you know, that dynamic on the field. You know, Zach Taylor came out yesterday and uh, in, in a press conference and uh, basically explained that when he walked across the field, the first thing that Sean McDermott told him was, I need to get to the hospital. I cannot coach in this game. I got to be with my guy, Damar Hamlin. Um, and then, you know, Sean McDermott tonight in this press conference, which we're going to get into, you know, some of the emotional parts of this thing. And, you know, I want to share some things that I've received from, from different uh, folks. When he, when he's dealing with all of that in the moment, Sean McDermott, I mean, I don't think we even in the, at the time really compartmentalized and understood how much that must've been weighing on him, you know, trying to make all these decisions while knowing that one of your players is going through what he was going through. And then, Oh, by the way, managing 60 some odd players that are just beside themselves uh, in, in in sadness and pain after what they just watched. So Zach Taylor came across and they, they just had a conversation. And, you know, one of the things that came, I, I believe it was from the official from the league said, listen, we don't have to decide anything right now. Let's go back to the locker rooms. Let's, 
Let's settle down. And that's exactly what Sean McDermott said. He he caught up with Leslie Frazier for, for a few minutes. That that kind of helped settle him down a little bit. Composure in the moment, which is so interesting, like a side note of all of that. What a luxury it's been for Sean, who's been the epitome of a, a great leader over the course of his Bills career. But having that extra piece of support, you know, 63-year-old Leslie Frazier, who's seen so much in this yeah. league, was so, so helpful. Yeah, you know, first and foremost, Sean McDermott, you, you got to see him get a little bit emotional today. And um, that kind of hits home, I think, for a lot of fans when they saw that moment happen, just how important uh, DeMar Hamlin and all these players are to him. We talked about that yesterday where he, he talks about how he considers them part of his family. And, and it's not just lip service. It's mm-hmm. uh, 100% the real deal. Uh, and, you know, before the show, we were talking. I said the one thing I really loved wasn't even when McDermott was talking with the media today, it's when you had Mitch Morris, Dane Jackson up there at the podium, who's off to the side. It's Sean McDermott. He's he's still there for his guys, even in the moment uh, at these press conferences. Brandon Bean's, you know, at the hospital uh, with Damar Hamlin and, and Hamlin's family throughout this entire uh, time period. So it, it's the coaching staff, Leslie Frazier, like you mentioned. It's uh, as well, it's the front office. It's just everyone from top to bottom. Uh, we talked yesterday about how the right people are here in Buffalo for this job. And um, I, I couldn't feel any different 24 hours later based on all these new details that keep emerging based on uh, how they have handled the situation. You know, I see in the comments here, Sean McDermott uh, deserves coach of the year. You know, after everything that happened here, um, there's more than just on the field coaching and I wouldn't be opposed if that were the case. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this whole situation is going to really um, characterize this entire 2022 season, NFL season. I mean, it, it's going to be one of the things that, if not the thing that when you think back, I mean, I think people are going to remember, remember this week more than Super Bowl week when we get yeah. to you know, next season. And and maybe they do something where it's joint coach of the year with Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott for how both of them handled this. Because, you know, one of the things that Sean McDermott, you know, did say in the end was just how unbelievable it was to, in that moment with everything going on the way that it was to have the experience with Zach Taylor was something that, that stuck with him. And he said it was amazing how compassionate he was. Um, and just the the compassion, the empathy, and love from not only Zach Taylor but the entire Bengals organization. So, uh, yeah, co coach of the year. Maybe that could be in play here. All right, let's get into some of our takeaways from you know the, what we heard from the press conferences today. And you know, starting off, the most emotional part in either of them. So first, we heard from Josh Allen and Stefan or and um, uh, Sean McDermott. Then we heard from Mitch Morris and. Uh, Dane Jackson and man, it was good to see Dane Jackson smiling today, man. Like I, I can't imagine what that's been like for him. A guy that in Damar Hamlin that he's known since he was uh, a young man, they went to pits pit together, uh, been playing together on the bills for the last two seasons. Uh, obviously very, very close. Uh, I mean, Damar was just talking about a story about them holding hands on the practice field recently, just a just to take in the moment and just be to celebrate where they were at. I mean, two kids that grew up together ending up here. So we heard from him. We heard from Mitch Morris. One of my big takeaways was I thought about this when I was talking to Dorian Glenn on Tuesday night, uh, DeMar Hamlin's uncle, when he said that some, some people, most people, or a lot of people, he said, don't know how much they're loved while they're alive. 
right? Like, and I guess that's the concept that, you know, getting your flowers too late, right? Like try to give people their flowers while they're alive. Right. And he said, and when he, when he woke up eventually, he was going to just be so taken aback by how much people, the world showed up to support him and to come out and donate and, and show their love and support. And, um, Josh Allen actually revealed in a conversation with Mario Hamlin, DeMar's dad, that he told him, my son's going to be all right. And he also told him when he wakes up, the first thing he's going to ask is, did the Bills win the game? And lo and behold, Ryan Talbot, we heard from the doctors today, st- sitting at uh, DeMar's bedside, the nurse uh, on call, when DeMar uh, woke up and uh, got to a p- place where he can kind of uh, communicate uh, non-verbally uh, by writing notes, he asked, did the Bills win? Uh, and the, the doctor came back and said, yeah, 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 you won, DeMar. Uh, you won the game of life because you're alive and you're awake and it's unbelievably miraculous news. Yeah, almost like something out of a movie, like literally a, a line that would be in, in a movie. Um, and, you know, you mentioned in your article, football guy, that, that's just a typical football guy line. Uh, you, you know, you wake up and he, he didn't realize he had been uh, unconscious, obviously, since Monday night. But the first thing on his mind was who won the game. Um, and we talked about him being a team first guy yesterday and, it, you know, his love for this team. So it, it was just fitting. And then with with the press conferences, you know, you, you mentioned it was good to see Dane Jackson smiling. Uh, Dane talked about his own injury from earlier in the season and how despite all the players, you know, sending him those well wishes, the one voice that he could he kept remembering or that he could hear over the rest of them. Uh, was Demar Hamlin saying, "I love you, D Jack," and it, it just kind of speaks to the bond they have, the friendship that they have. Um, so I, I can only imagine the peace of mind that this news today uh, gave Dane Jackson. You know, n- knowing that uh, his friend was there for him when, when he suffered the serious injury, he's there for him now. And uh, obviously, it's still a long road ahead, but nothing but positive signs right now. Uh, it just has to be a major weight off of his shoulders being such a close friend and obviously all the players' shoulders. Uh, we have some a really cool uh, announcement here. Another yeah. trial over on YouTube. Uh, that's his handle. Uh, appreciative of the live stream tonight, giving me something to do while my wife is in labor. And of course, my wife is watching the show right now and said, what? You're watching the show while your, life is, your wife is in labor? What? <laughs> She's in pain, dude. That's what she said. Um, Listen, labor is a long process. I remember uh, with with our first child with Ellie, you know, it was uh, many hours. You had to get out the the medicine ball and rock around on that. He's got time, Caitlin. He's got time right now, and he's using it wisely watching Shout. Yeah, maybe she's walking up and down the the hallway. You got to do some walking if it's long, long labor. You know, uh, both me and you, we're veterans, man. We've been there. He's been might, in that room. He might be walking to get the ice chips, come back and forth and, you, you know, watching the show. There you go. Congratulations. Uh, we yes. wish you and your family uh, all the best. Uh, safe delivery and uh, welcome to the world. Little one. All right. Before we continue, shout out to Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Right now, you can enter for a chance to win $1 million. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other. In the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone 
to enter. All right, Ryan, uh, what do you want to go next? You said have some, you had some stuff. So did, have you revealed the stuff yet? Or is there something you wanted to go with? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I hope she doesn't um, get upset that uh, I, I'm not going to say her name, but I, I am going to read this because I think that this is, is really important. And um, a f- family friend of ours sent this message to me. And funny enough, I haven't even responded to her. I've just been so busy tonight, but I, I did read it quickly. And I thought it was something that we could talk about because in, in, in pro sports, there's this, and Sean McDermott talked a little bit about it today. And I want to combine it with that, just like mental tough and how like there's so much macho in sports. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Mitch Morris that said like, by the time they got to a certain point in this, there wasn't a lot of macho left, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it was just about being with everybody being vulnerable, Mitch Moore said. And then Josh Allen said, like, just leaning in. And he said, maybe it might be a little weird. And I think that, like, the fact that he's saying that is because there's these, like, constructs of how football players are supposed to be, right? But, like, sometimes you do just need to hug somebody, right? Yeah. So, anyway, let me read this out because this was a note that I got from a family friend today. Um, this is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen in decades. And I mean that sincerely as an avid football fan from an early age, both at the college Princeton and professional level. And as a 50 year old woman who has lived in bro culture from puberty to now, I can hardly express how remarkable this is to see Josh Allen, an icon of contemporary football and manhood, talk about brotherhood in a new way, the permission to be vulnerable, to be emotional, to need to be loved upon. To express that everyone will react differently and needs permission to do so and to seek what they need. And then to hear a coach, an older man closer to my age, talking about how self-awareness and emotion are a strength, not a weakness. Openly crying on national TV and then without being dismissive of his own emotions with no embarrassment, continues to talk about how he is overcome with emotion like he just was at different times. And then proceeding again to give each man the cover and the encouragement to seek help to share their emotions, to be aware of their needs, and that every man on the team must understand that each of them will react differently and to respect that in themselves and others is tremendously remarkable. I promise you that could never have happened in times past. An older man and a younger man seamlessly trading back and forth in a public press conference, securing themselves emotionally mature, wise in the language of a healthy mind and good mental health with one message full of love and self-awareness and respect for human emotion in a public press conference of one of the most violent masculine sports, that is the most refreshing and beautiful thing I think I've seen in decades. And I'm full of hope. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I just, I read that and I thought, wow. I mean, that's so powerful. Like a few weeks ago, we talked about the Jerry Sullivan situation, right? And what it must've felt like to be a woman who heard the comments that he made and like, it's you think about different people's perspectives and like what it must be to be a part of a, of a a community, right? The football sports community, when you want to feel that inclusion and there's always that, that piece of it that keeps you from feeling fully um, embraced. Right. And how special it could be. And I, and I tweeted and and how I'm going to bring this kind of full circle too, is like, I tweeted like Buffalo has been waiting for Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean and Josh Allen from a football perspective for decades. And what they've got now is the perfect trio of football player, football coach and football general manager. But they also have three great men, three great human beings that just care so much about the people around them, 
the community, the way that Sean McDermott talks about Western New York. And to, to have, to see somebody have that kind of emotional reaction to something like that, it was, it just was super special. And I wanted to share it. Yeah. And you know, McDermott, first and foremost, I, I, I loved what he said today about talking with the counselors, not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. Um, everything that Josh Allen said and, and, Going back to Mitch Morris's original comments about how football, it's a macho sport and there wasn't much macho left. That's okay. You know, as awful as everything was on Monday night, when you go back and you see Mitch Morris hugging Tredavious White, and we talked about, I think, with Naheem Hines being there for Saran Neal, uh, you know, in the moment, there was something awful going on in the field. But that showed us this this brotherhood, this family uh, mentality that these players have from one another. That it's okay to to be emotionally uh, visible, visibly upset in such a time, and and after the fact as well. Obviously, in the locker room where you had Bengals players coming in, and you're interacting with them, and days after the fact, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, again, I know sports and and just men in general, there's that macho mentality, but there's nothing wrong with uh, seeking out help when you need it. There's nothing wrong with being there for someone else. So uh, I think that those are some of the things that we're going to look back on and see, you know, this truly is a a team uh, that is there for each other on and off the field. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I want to, I want to flip it and I want to talk about um, how they're going to play the game on Sunday now. Yeah. Right. So we heard one of the biggest things that we were waiting to talk to the players about was like, all right, how are you approaching this game? And Sean McDermott and Josh Allen took us inside the Bills team meeting room today and shared details of the call that they had with Mario Hamlin, DeMar's uh, father. And he said, what DeMar is going to want more than anything is for this team as a whole that has worked so much to get to this stage. They've set out goals for themselves before the season. It would mean so much for for him for them to get back to that pursuit and to go and try to play this Sunday, play for him, play play to accomplish the goals that they set out. And he was really passionate about it. And in a lot of ways, knowing who DeMar Hamlin was, you get the sense from Josh and from Sean McDermott that they want to honor that in, mm. in, in, in him. And listen, there's going to be some people that 
are going to feel a certain type of way about Sunday, right? Like I'm sure the players are when they step out on the field, the last time they were on a, f- a football field, we know what happened. They might feel a certain way. Josh Allen said, there's gonna be some people in that locker room that are going to be changed forever in terms of how they feel about the game. And, you know, just the emotional aftermath of that moment. And there's going to be people watching at home that just like, do I want to continue to watch a game that is so full of violence? I mean, I got some messages in my DMS this week about like, I don't care if they even play another game. I don't care if the bills were just to say that we're not going to play any more games this season. I'm just, you know, those people are just hurting and like, you know, having reactions to that. And that's okay. Every reaction that you have to this is okay. And I think that understanding is the most important part. And I want to try to be understanding of Josh Allen, the bills and, and Sean McDermott's decisions to go and play for DeMar Hamlin on Sunday and moving forward the rest of the way. And it's why I didn't write a column that I originally was talking about writing because in the end, it shouldn't be about my decision. It should be about what the bills want to do as they're going to make this kind of collective decision together. Yeah. And I think the big piece to that was the fact that DeMar Hamlin's father spoke to the team and sent them that message and sent them that encouraging news if we're, we were sitting here Friday, Saturday, and, and no news really about DeMar, if, if there weren't these encouraging signs, I wouldn't have blamed the Bills one for one second. If they're like, we can't play on Sunday. We just can't. We're not there. But when you, you see this positive news, this news that's trending, and you get DeMar Hamlin's dad talking to you saying, this is what my son would want. You guys have to finish the job in the regular season. You have to go into the playoffs. Uh, you, you've worked so hard for this. You want to honor that. You, you want to honor, you know, your teammate. You want to play for your teammate. And uh, listen, the stadium on Sunday, it's going to be an emotional place. And yes, it'll be rocking like it always is. But uh, it's going to be really interesting to see that that wave of emotion from the coaching staff to the players, uh, to to the fans and the crowd and everyone else in, in between. It's going to be something we haven't seen before. Um, and if the bills, you know, come out and they, they start out a little bit slow, I wouldn't be shocked by that because uh, of the fact of what's happened and, and the fact that uh, things haven't been normal the last few days. But now they have a goal in mind. They're playing for DeMar. They want to honor what his father said today. And, uh, you know, you, you hope that, it, again, it's almost like a thing out of a movie. You hope that they come through. And they, and they play a complete game on Sunday uh, and enter the playoffs on a high note. We'll get to Troy in a second, but quickly, just because this is my show and I'm very usually very nice, I, I'm in a kind of a mood right now. So, Chad, you just picked the wrong day, the wrong time. No, not one person is sitting at home thinking, do I still want to watch this violent sport? Actually, Chad, they are. Because guess what? They DM'd me and told me that. So when I said that somebody texted me and said something, that means that they actually did text me and tell me something. Moving on. Next to Troy. Do you guys think it's possible that they do introduce the trainers and medical staff of the team at the game on Sunday? I sure hope so, Ryan Talbot. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. And, you know, I, I think they they deserve that recognition. They might not want that recognition. You know, they, they might just say, oh, we did our job. But they deserve that recognition. Uh, they went above and, and beyond in that moment. It's one thing to to say you're prepared to do something. It's another thing to, to go out and actually 
do what these trainers did. And um, as the doctor said today, how important it was that they responded so quickly, they did everything that they did. So yes, uh, I would hope that they get recognized in some way, shape or form uh, that they get honored pregame in game, whatever the case may be, because they deserve it 100%. I can't imagine there's not something special done. I I wouldn't be surprised if they put together a video package Mm. to, to commemorate it and celebrate it. What they did, man, it's just like you just saw the emotion in Josh's face, the the outpouring from current Bills players, former Bills players, Bills players that, you know, have had unceremonious exits. I mean, we, we all saw what happened with John Feliciano over the offseason and yeah. he was clipped to come out and obviously show love for Buffalo and um, the, the, the training staff. And sometimes when you listen to these press conferences and Sean McDermott is so quick to talk about the impact on a day-to-day base, base um, level, like the micro level, not even the macro, like having these great people in place, but I'm talking about the everyday effects of this, like, you know, managing injuries, managing rehabs, managing all that stuff. I mean, these guys are so entrenched in what this team does and to have that kind of belief and faith in them. And then the way that they marched into action without even a second thought was super special. Um, we're at the end of a, four or five to eight like period here where it's just been like, it's been a lot, man. It's been a lot. And uh, I'm operating on very little sleep. So uh, I'll come with the King. Best not miss. Now that's an honor of Ariel Hawani. Did you know he always says that on his show? Yeah, yeah. Always, Ariel, like, so I've watched him for years, huge Buffalo Bills fan, friend of the show, been on the show. I actually was just texting him yesterday about just the coverage and what this week has been like. And, um, he does this segment where fans call in and he always is going back and forth with like Dana White and he's got all these little people that he has, uh, fighters that he has um, <laughs> issues with. And he always does that where he, where he's like, you know, you come at the king, you best not miss. He's got a big shtick for it. I love it. So uh, yeah, yeah. Patty's been, I think Patty might be the most. Oh, Patty Pimlin. Fighter. Yes. Yeah. Patty Pimlin. Um, I want to see DeMar come out of the tunnel on two twelve. Um, man, wouldn't that be something? Mm. Uh, Josh Allen also spoke about after this game, whether it be next week or the week after, depending on what's going on with the playoffs, the Bills are going to try to put something together where they can go visit him or who knows, maybe things improve so much that he can maybe be relocated and get back to Buffalo and and, and we'll see how that ends up looking up. Uh, Scott Maranto says a video of DeMar giving a thumbs up for the from the ICU bed would be awesome on Sunday. That is uh, definitely awesome. And yeah, Scott, he, he probably did steal that quote from Conor McGregor, but it was my guy. So, um, I'll give him the credit. Oh, Elena Getzenberg, Perino, you're the best. You've been working so hard. Do you want to take the pizza and chicken home in the boxes or should we take them? I wonder if she knew that we were going to put this on the middle of our show. That's right. We're um, talking about now, Elena. What do you think? No, yeah, you know, I, I think you need to take the pizza at least. I'm not going to take it home. So if you guys want to divvy it up and take it home, I think that you should do that. Um, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Thank you. So we got to get to this playoffs scenario yes. because that was what was really the holdup to what took this show uh, so long to to go off is that I had to kind of put, wrap my head around this very, very confusing setup. And I think we're finally to the place where I kind of understand it a bit. So let's first talk about the fact that the Bills versus the Bengals is canceled. It's off the schedule. Yep. Okay. So the the NFL has decided that they've come up with a proposal. Uh, the, com- the competition committee agreed upon it. And 
basically what it states is that the first part of it is there's going to be three different scenarios. Um, the AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site. If the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played a full 17 game regular season. So we're talking about the bills, the Bengals and the chiefs. Okay. So if the chiefs win on Sunday, that eliminates automatically the, Bengals. the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Right. Cause they couldn't, even if they would have beat the bills, they wouldn't have been able to catch the the chiefs. Correct. So the chiefs would have to lose and the Bengals would have to win. And that would, that would, enter the mix for that. But now the bang or the bills, even if they win, if the chiefs win, there's no way to attain the number one seed. And had they played the Cincinnati Bengals game and won that game, although they were losing seven to three, when the game was um, canceled, they would have been the number one seed. So there was no real perfect way to do this. But what's interesting about the scenario is that in the AFC title game, Ryan, that's when things get very interesting. Why don't you explain that? Yeah. So <laughs> look, I, I'm going to go with what Field Yates tweeted out. He kind of did a simplified version of it. Uh, so he said, if the Chiefs and the Bills meet in the AFC championship, they would be, uh, if they both win this week, it'd be 14 and three Chiefs, 13 and three Bills. Uh, that game would get played at a neutral site. Uh, it would not be played at Arrowhead. It would not be played at Highmark. So uh, it, that would be one of the most interesting AFC championship scenarios that I can uh, ultimately remember. Same thing if both teams somehow lose this week. If the Chiefs lose, the Bills lose, alternate uh, or neutral site. 13-4 and four Bills, 12-4 and four Bengals, neutral site. So they, they have something they're going to vote on uh, tomorrow uh, and try to get this into place where if this were to occur, you would be playing a potential AFC championship, both teams on the road at a neutral site, which again, this would be something that has not uh, happened in my lifetime that I can think of something very different. Uh, And in terms of, I see Steve here who says who gets the week off. It it would be the chiefs if they win this weekend, because they would ultimately be the one seed in this scenario because they played the one extra game. Uh, they're, they're bringing this into effect for just the championship game. At the end of the day, there was no perfect scenario that could be worked out here. Uh, so this is just for the championship. If the bills or the, the Bengals or the chiefs can get there. Now, obviously uh, on Saturday and Sunday, maybe the bills, the chiefs and the Bengals the outcome of their games gets rid of this scenario altogether. Jarrett Stidham put up 34 points against the 49ers last week. Maybe there's some Stidham magic in that arm on Saturday and they win that game. I don't know. Uh, and then if the bills win, they're just the one seed. So this is not a, something that is set in stone in terms of it's going to hundred percent happen because we need to see how these, the, the outcome of these games transpire on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, so basically the only path to the one seed at this point for the Bills is a Kansas City loss and a Bills win. So projecting into the playoffs as the number two seed, winning on Sunday is is really important still. Yeah. I mean, you want to host as many playoff games as you as you can. And you got to remember, if you end up as the two seed and Kansas City is the one seed, both teams are going to have to win two, uh, or the Bills are going to have to win two games. Kansas City is going to have to win one game to get to a matchup against each other. 
And I think it would be in a lot of ways fitting to have to go. Uh, well, you won't be going back to Kansas City now. That's kind of out the out the door. But playing Kansas City on a neutral site, I, I feel like it's almost kind of fitting after the Bills beat them in Kansas City earlier this season. I almost feel like that should have some weight in this decision. Maybe that was part of the conversation in that Kansas City has lost to the Chiefs or to the Bills and the Bengals this season. So maybe that maybe entered the conversation when sure it, it kind of isn't fair to the chiefs. Right. Um, especially if you, if you consider the way that that game was going for the Bengals, but I don't think this was necessarily at the end of the day about finding the most fair outcome. I think it was about trying to find uh, a workaround in a really, really bad situation where two teams, entire organizations were really affected. Yeah, that that's perfectly said. And, you know, I, I don't think that Chiefs fans should be complaining if they are. I'm not saying they are. I haven't checked social media in the event of a neutral site championship game. But you said it. They've lost to the Bills. They've lost to the Bengals. Their record is their record, but they've had a pretty soft schedule this year. Uh, they've been pushed to the limit, though, against the Houston Texans. Uh, they lost to the Colts. They went to overtime with a Titans team that was led by Malik Willis. Two tough games against Denver that they realistically could have lost. If they end up winning the one seed, it almost feels like last year where there's a weak number one seed in the AFC. I'll kind of put myself out here to maybe be on old takes exposed. Uh, I Kind of like the Titans last year where I didn't think they were uh, a world beater uh, as the number one seed. I, I think the Chiefs are pretty vulnerable, and I, I get it. The record is the same as Buffalo's uh, or was going into last week, and right now they currently have one more win. What happens if the Chiefs lose and the Bengals lose? Um, if the Chiefs lose and the Bengals lose and the Bills win, they're the one seed. The only path to the one seed for the Bills at this point is a win and a Kansas City loss. I don't think there is a path to the one seed at this point for the Bengals because even if they win, they would need, the. I think, the Bills to lose. I don't think that there's a path to the one seed for, this, for the Bengals, but I'm not sure. There's a lot of numbers here, Ryan. You know, the Bengals, well, let's see. The Bengals would be at, if they win, they would be um, I'm looking right 12 now. and 4. 12 so and the, 4. If the and Chiefs then the Chiefs lose. would be, if the Chiefs lose, they would be 13 and 4. Mm-hmm. So I think their so, win yeah. percentage would get them the it nod them over there. them. Right. Um, and, and if the Bills lose, they would be 12 and 4. And I think that they have the tiebreaker over the Cincinnati still anyway. So I, I, I just don't think there's a path to, to the one seed for the Bengals. Yeah. What do you, what, what do you make? I guess pick picture th- now, like looking ahead, projecting into the playoffs. Um, the bills made a roster move this week. They brought in mm-hmm. a, uh, a safety. Uh, and I think it's safe to talk a little bit of football here uh, just because, sure. you know, the bills are, are moving in that direction and we're going to have to start, you know, thinking about previewing this game on Saturday at a very special yeah. celebratory event at uh wing nuts, North Buffalo, inside the beautifully aesthetic uh, Froth Brewing Company, which has all the best beers on tap. I can't wait to try them all out. I'm going to get you a nice flight, Ryan Talbot, before the show. Get you you really gassed up. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) we're going to have a good time. It's basically a meet and greet, okay? You come out. We're going to get there at 6, probably a little bit before that, set up. Mm -hmm. Uh, At 7 p.m., we're going to start a a, a podcast. It's not going to be live. We're going to tape it, right? So it's going to be real loose. We're going to involve fans that want to be involved. You're watching. If you're standing around, you want to come in for a segment. You want to talk. You have a question. You have a a, a comment. Uh, And then after the show is done, um, we're going to hang out. We're going to drink 
uh, some beers. We are going to eat some crispy wing nuts wings, some of the best in Buffalo. Uh, they're in the running at this point. Uh, I got to have them a little bit more. And we're just going to have a good time. We're going to celebrate each other in a week where I think Bill's Mafia has really come together. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we were th- we're thinking about it about maybe postponing it, but I think it's I think it's really good to get together, Ryan, and just kind of do what the Bills are doing. Just be around each other and and kind of enjoy. Yeah, I agree. Really looking forward to Wingnuts on Saturday. The event, you know, we hope to see a lot of the Bills Mafia there. We're we're excited to tape the pod. Uh, it's it's going to be good to get together in light of everything that's happened, in light of the good news from today, and hopefully even better news tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to this event quite a bit. I'm looking forward to hearing all about your favorite trips into the Carryout Cafe when we all uh, meet up on Saturday. I want to hear what your favorite order to go is. I know it's probably the Tops Legendary Breakfast Pizza. You can get a large for $20. So leave that out of the conversation because we just know. You know, If you know, you know, right? Hot to go fresh large cheese and pepperoni pizza is $14. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14. Pizza or taco log, 6 count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound, plus sub sandwiches, wraps, app sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. Final thought, Ryan Talbot. Yeah. Well, final thought, you know, uh, continue those, continue praying for DeMar, continue hoping for good news. Uh, outstanding things today, though, in terms of what we've learned. Uh, let's just hope that he keeps trending here in the right direction. We get more and more good news with each passing day because, yes, there's a football game on Sunday, but uh, as they've been saying, this is bigger than football. So continued prayers to DeMar Hamlin and family. All right. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We got the weekend on tap. Uh, and then it's going to be a big party back in here on Sunday at one o'clock. Bit of a celebration. Great news on Damar Hamlin uh, over the moon. Uh, I was I had a big uh, goofy grin on my face all day today after uh, a couple hard days of it all. So for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. We'll see you guys hopefully on Saturday in person. Come on out for more details. Check my Instagram story. I'm going to, I'm going to put out a tweet tomorrow. I'll pin it to the top of my profile and then we'll share it on all the platforms. The event is created over on our Facebook page, Buffalo bills on NY up, get yourself all the details. We're looking forward to it. Take care, everybody. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.